Hey everyone, Jessica and Kaya here. And today uh, as a guest on my show, I have Renee Barabow, who is on the Shaman's Cave with Sandra Ingerman. And we're gonna talk about all things shamanic. So I'm very excited to have her here. She's uh, been an inspiration listening to her podcast, so. Eating healthy, living healthy, being healthy. This is the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast. A podcast focused on holistic wellness and teaching you about incorporating the keto diet and lifestyle changes to achieve an energetic balance. Teaching you how to live now so you don't struggle to live later. And now, your host, Jessica Ankaya. Anyways, how are you today, Renee? I'm really great. How are you doing, Jessica? Thanks for having me. Oh, sure, sure. I'm doing I'm doing really well. Thank you. So let's just get started here. What inspired you to get into shamanism? What was that initial call for you to get into the work? Uh, when I saw that question, I'm there like, hmm. It stalked me. It wasn't a call. It stalked me until I was on my knees desperate enough to say, okay, I surrender, I'll do this. I don't know that someone's inspired to get into shamanism. It was kind of more of a a bargaining thing that went back and forth with with Spirit and I, because I always assumed that I was first a chef and a really consummate business owner and, you know, an executive. And, And then here's this, you know, dismemberment experience that's happening when I'm sitting in a hotel one day. And, and so it's kind of a, like, a, it's been a push pull relationship as I accepted it and, you know, bargained. One time I told spirit that I'd put down whatever I was doing if I got called into action. And over the years, it's become more of an integrated aspect of my life. But I really think that, you know, some people are, are inspired and some people are initiated. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with the calling um, that, that the same similar situations happened to me um, as a, I'm a nurse practitioner. And then it's just like all of a sudden I, I got called to the work. And um, so it's amazing. So how long did it take you to trust your abilities as a shamanic practitioner? And what elaborate that on a little bit. I mean, I think a lot of us at first think, oh, is that my imagination? <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> my brain. So Tell me a little bit about that. How long did it take you? And that's a great that's a great question because I'll never forget. I'd go to shaman school for you know because I was you know once she got once I had the experiences I needed to you know refine the 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 work because you know I didn't know like some of my earliest experiences when I was in my early thirties was that one night during the evening I walked somebody to the other side without training. You know, it was just something that happened in my life. But then as I understood what what was being asked, then I thought, well, I better get some training for this, like, you know, your nurse practitioner training. And so I went to um, I went to school for a couple of years to do this. And I remember after the first one, you know, they would they say, OK, now you need to go back and practice. And so, like, I would lay my friends out on the floor and, you know, and do practice sessions and and still other people could see that I had energy moving that I couldn't even see at the time. And I didn't trust it. 
you know, I don't think I really started to really trust my abilities until the wind started to speak to me because, and and they had to show me over and over and over again that they were there and, and through, through so many uh, hundreds of different ways that, that I didn't even trust it. Like, but then I started to see in retrospect, like clients, like five years later or 10 years later, that they had, their whole lives had changed. Like I had one client once who, you know, somebody was parked in her driveway and she was gonna go out, get the gun and shoot them. And I'm there like, you know, maybe you could wait till tomorrow. And now, you know, she meditates 12 hours a day. I mean, she's a, that's her maybe four hours, three hours, I don't know, but yeah. she's had that complete rapid transformation that happened because of the initial work we did many years ago. So I think a lot of it is, is, you know, Sandra says a lot, like if, if you're a shaman, there needs to be magic. Right. If you're a shaman and you're not seeking spiritual help from uh, sources other than yourself, you're not. And so I think that over time, learning to trust that, that help from the other side is really there doing all the work and that you're really, you know, the chart taker really helps. Sure. Would you speak to that? Maybe it's uh, the sense of knowing you use your sense of knowing like that sixth sense more than the other senses or when, when you're going in and you're doing a journey or. <clears throat> you know, I remember those first few journeys and it would be like all these people would come back with these colorful stories and they'd be like seeing this and that. And I'd be like, nada. Yeah. You know, even now I do these Deekshaw meditations and people talk about, oh, and I went here and I went there and I'm thinking, nada. And, you know, and yet I, I, I downloaded one of the most influential books of this, you know, this decade for sure of, of wind spirits. So how did I hear them? How, how did I know? And so I'm more of a, a you know, a cognitive knower of things, but I've learned over the years to, and I'm working on this in my next book, I'm learning that different senses have different impacts. So one time I was getting ready to go do a catering when I was still a chef and I heard this voice. It said, Sami needs, or Sashi needs to go, or it was Dash at the time. One of my cats needed to go so I could grow spiritually. And it was a voice. And, uh, and you know, I kind of fluffed it off. And that night I came home and my cat was, had been killed. And so when it's a voice, I know to really respond. A, a couple of months ago, uh, I heard a voice, you better go spend time with Anka because she's not going to be here much longer. And I'm thinking to myself, like, yeah, you know, she's in her 80s. Yeah, she probably won't be here too much longer. But I knew enough now when I hear a voice to Anka, let's go have lunch. Sure enough, within a month, she was not here. And so the voice is like when the voice speaks, you listen. Now, you might have to trip over that a lot in your life if you're new and you don't really trust that voice. But the voice for me is the loudest. Uh, or the most crucial, do it now. The knowing, it's really hard to discern what the knowing is. I had a friend a long time ago who used to say, Renee, write that down on a white note card and put it in a box. And we made this joke over the years because, yeah, that's on my white note card. 
that's you know and all the time my clients i do soul card readings and they'll say yeah i remember when you told me and i'm like no i don't remember because that was when i told you and then, then i forgot it you know because otherwise i'd be carrying everyone's stuff around um right. i i would write that down but um one time i went into uh, a hotel in in england or no it was now a spa and something about the way it smelled brought up such an ancient memory for me that I immediately ran to the bathroom and purged. And so there's the smelling mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing, you know, it's taken me medicine work to see pretty much like when I, when I would do an ayahuasca journey or something like that, the visions certainly open up more clearly, but my biggest sense I think is, is knowing. Yeah, I'm so glad you say that because sometimes you go into a journey and or new people and it's like it's just a black screen and, and you think, oh, I have to see all these things. And it's like, and I'm just like you are. I hear things and I right. audience or go into the journey and, and just know that something is ha ha happening and then that's and then I can make the vision out in my, my brain. So after that, but yeah, yeah, it's amazing. So um yeah so can you talk a little bit about the wind spirit and how how do you uh, call them in i'm interested in talking a little bit more about your specialty in the wind and how so when i was a, a few years ago and then that knowing i was driving up the road and all of a sudden it was like take a left here okay. like again it was one of those take a left here now and i ended up on this bluff one of the most beautiful bluffs in the entire world. And all of a sudden, I started to somehow know that the wind spirits had a message for me. And, you know, if I go back when I was in Chile one time and, and Kintarai, one of the uh, Mapuche shamans, she said, your name means the sound between passing things, the name that they gave me. and you know, as best to, to the Mapuche English translation through Spanish you could get. And so I started tracking, oh, Mary Poppins came in on the East Wind, Sherlock Holmes talks about the East Wind. And I started to think, well, what a great metaphor for my students. And then I was working with a, a, one of my students, a coaching client at the time, and she said, let's whistle a wind and see what happens. And so when I whistled the wind, because I had found 150 wind gods and goddesses from around the world, my bookcase, those of you who, um, who, from, and there's about 32 of them in this book. They, and I was like, well, that's interesting that all of these cultures all around the world have these wind spirits. And what was most curious about them is that they all had different job duties. It wasn't like Oya is a transformer and Scylla Inua is an in-standing wisdom wind and Bayou is, a, you know, a wind of, uh, you know, power. And, but you didn't, I didn't, you would think that a wind is a wind is a wind. And then I started to realize that um, Ruach, Nirvana, Om, uh, Holy Spirit, they're all wind. They're all wind that these various traditions borrowed to call spirit. And so then as we refined it over the last 10 years, 
we've gotten to really know what these wind spirits are wanting, like to go to the Polish wind or Madame Feng Popo uh, comes in with very specific um, archetypes, I suppose you could say, that really will help you in healing, tracking, transformation, and the work that we do. And I, it was, it first came as a, as an inspiration that I then spent five or six years really doing some deep diving research, but the real transformation came was when I started teaching it to other people and even more so in my 10 month apprenticeship program where people really work with these wins one a month, really get to know these wins. So I'm really getting to experience these wins through their experiences because it was just, I opened the door and then, the, you know, the winds had been, you know, shut out from us for like 17, 15, you know, thousands of years where we were going down the organized religious religion track. And then all of a sudden now these winds have been, you know, un, unleashed from their wind sacks and they're here to help us with a, with the major transformation that the Quechua called the Pachacuti, you know, the, um, the Aztecs, the Mayans, you know, the end of time that they knew it, that calendar ended. And we're into this period that I think is, the, you know, it's the period of the wind. Right. So would you say that started after 2012, after the discipline, the, when there was that shift in the earth after the winds? Well, I think that really that whole transformation started about in the 70s when when the shamanic practices were coming out of hiding. See, we like to think, oh, we're in this period of now, like, you know, we're like kind of this COVID phase is, is just more of the dismemberment phase that we're in. So we haven't even, we're, we're just getting to the end of the one of, you know, of the, the, the one epoch moving towards the, the epoch of, you know, the Anthropocene. We're, 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 it's, we like to think, oh, my whole life, like my hundred year life or span or whatever is such a big significant time, but it's really just a blip in the wind. So my guess is these winds are here for the next 7,000 years as we start to to move into this new new way of being. Okay, right. That makes sense. It's bigger than, it's bigger than just, you know, the five years and the 10 years. It's not even comparable. Right. Um, so, so do you find, so certain beings have their own wind, like say Isis, does she have her own uh, wind that you can use to call her in or how does that work? Well, in my book, there's, I don't know if Isis has her own wind. I'll have to ask Sandra about that when I meet with her next week, but I went for the wind spirit. So like I just opened up right now while I'm talking to Enlil, the Mesopotamian wind. So on the tablets, they they had they had wind gods and wind spirits, and they also had the cardinal winds, and they also had you know the same the cardinal winds. We've been using the cardinal winds to uh, organize our consensual reality since well since before the tablets, but it's you know it's written on the on the tablets that the south wind was always in opposition with the north wind, and the and the east and the west wind were complementary opposites or complementary energetics and the but we didn't we we got so far away from our nature selves that we didn't even 
we weren't even aware of how far away we had gotten from and it happened when we moved from outside to the inside and then we put these windows which were actually called wind eyes so that we thought we could you know we then we needed a an intermediate intermediary you know we needed to go to the churches and have the priest tell us what we needed or the you know the rabbi tell us what the information was saying but like what you're saying is now you've got a, a whole generation of people who want that direct connection because you didn't sit your you know the parents took you out from the churches and so you needed a way to access spirit and are going direct well, that's very intriguing. Um, and what's the name of your book again? I want to make sure I put it. It's, it's called Winds of Spirit. It's a Hay House book. It's a Nautilus Gold um, award-winning book in religion. So it, it has it has merit at a lot of levels. And now we've have you know we're going into our second full year of apprentices who are yeah. actually doing healing with it, tracking with it um experiencing it and, and adjusting their lives and their accordingly with it so who is a ideal person ideal candidate for your apprenticeship is not like a practicing a shamanic healer or a practitioner someone well, doing it for or what is your what is who's coming yeah who's in the program in the apprenticeship yeah who who can apply i, I guess what i should say well, people who some of our biggest wind believers are people who hated the wind, like my assistant. I love her story about how the wind just disturbed her so much when she was on vacation that she finally had to go out and ask them what they were ruining our vacation about. And they told her, well, because you don't have a relationship with us, your teacher's coming. And then, you know, she found that one of her first unmanifesting stories was that the wind stole the dollar bill out of her hand when she was hanging it out the car so a lot of times we get people who've really had really bad experiences with the wind this year's apprenticeship program that's starting in february has a lot of shamanic practitioners who have done a lot a lot of shamanic work who realize that this this particular element is missing from their tool bag that's kind of different from last year's students who were a lot more, you know, um, wanting to add something new. And these are people who like are there's some real serious shamanic practitioners who are coming this year. So I can't wait to see what that how that develops the work. Yeah, I'm definitely interested myself. It's very uh, intriguing because uh, yeah, I was just sitting outside last night and I'm like, oh, I got to go in. The wind's too cold. But if I could develop my relationship and then help myself and others well i noticed you have a prayer flag so one yes. of the practices in our group and so you can still do this in fact i'll send you a set is that we call a wind spirit in for each month oh and we decorate a prayer flag so that for so in here like you get a cardinal direction for the year and then you call in a, a wind spirit for the month so my my March wind, are we in my February wind is Vayu, the wind I was telling you of a, a power and truth. Yes. And so then I will decorate tomorrow, but this will play afterwards. Uh, I'll decorate this flag with a symbol for Vayu. Then we hang the strand up and then every month 
um, you go outside, you send that wind home, you use your wind whistle or your wind breath to call in the next wind. And so that you're actually, you come into a harmony, into relationship with each of these winds. Every month you work with a different wind for the year. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you just get, you get a relationship each with it for each month. That's right. What, yeah. So the book kind of can give you a guideline about, okay, in for value, you know, what the Vedic, the, what the, how, how value is connected to Hanuman and the whole Vedic story about value. But then you call to that wind and that wind guides you through your life so that you have the experience that you need in order to create more wealth, you know, improve your relationships. You know, some of the wind believers, they've found their careers. They've found, doubled their income. They've moved from grief. Uh, they found new healing practices. One became a weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, just learning to use the wind to your advantage, to your abilities. So, yeah. To yeah. cooperate with the wind. You never can use the wind to your advantage. Right. <laughs> think about a sailboat. If you think you've got the wind in your sail, you are going to be in the lake. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's not to advantage, but to cooperate with it. Okay. Right. That's a, dis I, that's a fine yeah. distinction. I was just going to say, that's a good distincting point there. <laughs> um, I think let's just, let's, uh, let's do one final question and then okay. wrap it up. Um, can you explain the energetic body and um, how stuff, you know, tends to manifest in the ethers? before it comes down to us in our physical body? I kind of see it a little bit different. Now there's, in, in the wind work, you know, we see this, uh, this, we call it a spin axis that comes in through, you know, through the heavens, through the wind gods, through, you know, spirit, however you want to call that, down through, and that you kind of more have like, like more like a donut you know and so that energetic comes in through the center of you and then spins back out and it and because one of the things that the wind work is about magnetism like why do we stay connected on this earth is because we're water we're magnetic and we we align to the 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 molten in the 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 earth itself so that 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 flow of what's out there really is all all of that combined like are you moving energy through you you know are are you are there destiny things in your um lineage that you know like whereas my my father had a stroke he earned he he earned it through his drinking and abuse well my sister had a stroke who was a, a, a drug addict and she lived out the same destiny of living the same length of time as he did. Now, had she been more awake, you know, like you, you're practicing shamanic things. So you clean out those destiny lines as you go and you get clearer and clearer and clearer. So that, that, that stuff that's floating through doesn't stick to your energy field. Right. So it's a matter of getting really clear and understanding that everything is energy, you know, and how do you want to compound that energy and how do you want to, how do you want to work with it? 
in your life and you know what and, and that's not to say that there's not some karmic lessons that people need to have yeah you know before you come in you might say hey i'll do this and i'll do that and i'll do that and you know load it on and so but there's easier ways of sifting through some of these things the wider awake you become right right well i'm glad you said that about the karmic uh lesson because i was just going to say um would you would you say that i mean people still have to live out their karma even with with that energy but like you, you just said it so i'm glad you said that <laughs> yeah and, and my swami told me that you could really there's some karma you could change but yeah. you have to be careful as a healer as well since it sounds like some of the people coming to this are just getting going is that when like one of the best healers i know was working with somebody with cancer and i mean she's this woman's a consummate healer and she didn't do her decharge every day after she got done working with her she she slipped up in her practices like this morning there are some things coming to hit me and i'm there like well did you go do your wind zip you know we have to stay in our rituals and our practices because what happened was she brought she she ended up getting breast cancer the same thing she healed the other person from and so what happens if you're not clean enough or you're not doing your own personal work enough or you're not decharging enough she she took on that person's karma yeah i yeah i was just i was thinking that like ground when you say decharge you mean ground like ground. Well, my this person says if you're doing healing work you need to clear for for every hour you do healing work, you need to clear for 10 minutes afterwards. Mm. So that's an hour for 60. Got it. Yeah. So if you work in a, a toxic job and you're there for eight hours, so what's that? So that's 80 minutes of clearing you should be doing, maybe a good wind walk at the end of every day to make sure that you clear from that energetic before you, you know, bring it to your children, your family, your husbands, or partners because energy is energy yeah yeah well i'll be interested in learning more about the wind walk is that in the book that you, your book or, or so it's taking a wind walk is a really simple activity that you can add to your life okay. this one requires you go outside it's great for divining information it's great for you know healing clearing so you go to your front door you you ask the wind a question say i need some clarity around what i should pack the kids for lunch tomorrow you know for example and then you wait till you feel a kiss of the wind on your cheek or something and then you just walk you don't think about it again but somewhere during your walk you're going to get an answer to that very thought-provoking question and as you practice and keep getting answers like Oh yeah, I have those leftovers. You know, just like so it be and give it say, yeah, thank you, Wynn. That was great. Then you can start asking bigger questions. Like I actually get class downloads, journeys, and all of that kind of stuff because I've learned to trust what comes. That's so intriguing. Yeah. I, I like that. I'm gonna start doing that, adding that in. I do I do yoga, but it's like something about walking that being outside is like, oh, that's what I need. So for for decharging. <laughs> So, well, uh, this is about it. This has been really great. Um, and uh, I know you have a website. If you just want to say what the name of that is again for the audience, um, 
where it's we called the practical shaman practical shaman okay very simple the practical shaman shamanism is very practical that's right that's right well very good um well uh thanks so much renee and uh we'll uh hopefully do this again this has been the holistic keto goddess podcast with jessica ankaya follow the holistic keto goddess on social media like pinterest twitter and facebook If you have any questions about today's show or how you can live a healthier life, visit HolisticKetoGoddess.com and go more in-depth with blogs and healthy living resources. Like, share, subscribe, and listen wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Keto Goddess Podcast with Jessica Ankaya.